Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Uh, but let's dig in this morning, lead in. 1 Samuel 17 verse 16 says, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. And one day Jesse said to David, his youngest, who has already been anointed secretly to be king over Israel, but the other, uh, the king that's currently there is Saul. And one day Jesse says to this David, who's just looking after sheep, the lowest job you can give someone to do, because basically you sit and watch. He said, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread, carry them quickly to your brothers. Give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers, they're the big guys, they're the important ones. They're out there representing the family and the country. See how they're getting along and bring back a report on how they were doing. Think about the report David ended up bringing home. Amen. The father's expectation is that David is nothing but a messenger boy. He does not see in him the potential to be a nation deliverer. He looks at his own son and says, you know what you're good for? Looking after sheep and delivering messages. Can I say to you this morning that some of you here have been discounted by others. You maybe have been discounted by your family, by your upbringing. They may have said things to you like, well, after all, you're not that bright. Or after all, you're not that gifted. Or after all, if only you were like your older brother or your older sister. Or maybe it's a boss who's passed over you for promotion. Or maybe it's just the way you have grown up feeling about your life. Bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd, set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. I could stay in this one all day, but just because there's a lot of noise doesn't mean there's any action. These guys set out for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. No one is as impressed by how you talk as they are by how you walk. Because these guys go out to the battlefield and as you'll see in a minute, they don't fight anyone at all. A lot of noise. Anyway, soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he is talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt in the army of Israel, to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The man asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He'll give the man one of his daughters for a wife. Won't go there. And the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine? 
and ending the defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And so we go from there. Let's pause a minute, leap ahead. Because in the meantime, it's told to the king of David's great declarations of what God will do. And so he summons the shepherd boy, this messenger sent out by his dad and says, who are you and why do you think you can win? It says in verse 34, but David persisted. The king said, you can't. David said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I'd love to stay in that for a while because he doesn't defeat a giant with the things that he's used to using. His previous victories came another way. Don't presume that what God did for you last time, He'll do the same the next time. He said, I have done this to both lions and bears. I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for He's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue you, me from this Philistine. Father, help us today in Jesus' name. Lord, every single one of us has a battle. Some of us right now are in the thick of a battle. We're struggling, Lord, with issues of, our, of weakness in our character or maybe something's gone awry in our family or our health. Maybe, Lord, we're looking for the job that we need or some other area of life. But God, I pray today that you will help us, Lord, to rise up in the midst of every adversity. I pray that you will help us, Lord, to make the choice today that we will lift up the mighty name of Jesus. That is the name above every other name. And we'll hold it high until we see the victory of Jesus' name in our life and in our world. We thank you for that, Lord. We give you alone all the praise. We give you alone all the glory. Amen. Amen. Let me talk to you this morning about you and your battles. Let me start off by saying this, that there are some battles that you choose and there are some battles that choose you. The lion and the bear were not something David had asked to come. He never said, release it now, send it my way, I'm ready. I've been training for this. They were just battles that came to him. And I know that some battles that you are facing right now, or certainly you will before you finish, some battles just come and you can dive into them and you can pull them apart and ask the question of why and how come and whose fault and what did I do? But it's just a battle that's come your way. You didn't choose it. You didn't choose the battle. You, to, you didn't choose to be born in the family you're in, to have the personality you have. You didn't choose to have the strengths and weaknesses that you have in your life. And so it just comes. And the question is not, is there a battle? The question is, how will I respond to the battles I did not choose? But then there are other battles that you choose to fight. And it's interesting to me that David chooses this battle against Goliath and yet he never has a word from God. He never once is told by God, I've ordained you, I've called you. He remembers back to when Samuel poured the anointing oil over him and said, you're going to be a king over Israel. 
But obviously Saul's there, so that's not happening. And David's got a good heart. He's not going to mount an insurrection. He's not going to undermine He's just going to wait his time. And in the meantime, he takes the lowest of the low, saying, God, one day you'll lift my life out of anonymity, out of obscurity, out of no influence and bring me into the place of my destiny. But God, you know, here's a battle. Here's a need. He just asked the question, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for it? And I think back over some of the things that we have done as a church when we started hope. I never had a word from God. You know, go feed the poor. It wasn't because I'd read the entire Bible and saw that caring for the poor was in every book of the Bible. Right through the New Testament, we commanded to care for the poor. It wasn't that. It was because I saw a single mum walk into church with her three children. And I thought to myself, it must be challenging. It must be difficult if you don't have all the resources that a, a, a two-parent family has. And so I announced that day that I wanted people to bring in non-perishable items and we were going to help the poor. Well, I didn't know where to go from there or what to do. Fortunately, Jackie Kenno was now with Jesus, but Jackie Kenno came to me after the service. She said, I'd like to help with that. I said, good, because you're it. And uh, we started the wonderful ministry of hope and it's had many leaders since then, but we started that thing just because there was a need. And to this day, I've never heard the Lord say, I've ordained this work. I just know His hand of blessings, obviously, but on it. But I think about all these things. I think sometimes we get ourselves way too enmeshed in, I want to wait to hear God. I want to know what God wants. Sometimes you'll choose a battle just because there is a need and the need requires somebody to step forward. Here's the second thing i got nine of these, so hang in. I'm going quick today. Here's the second one. You've got to seize the why, but most importantly, listen to me, you've got to let the why seize you. So many people pick up a why, but as soon as it gets difficult, they let the why drop. They pick up a why and as soon as there is opposition, criticism comes. As soon as somebody says to them, this will never happen, they drop the why. David asked the question, is there not a cause? But the the issue was not David, can you see it? The question is, David, has it got you? And I believe that the most powerful believers are those who've encountered the why of Christ. They've encountered the why of divine destiny. They've encountered the why of a divine purpose over their life. And they live out of that because the why is the biggest strength giver in any battle you face. Why am I doing this? Why is this there? Maybe today you're praying for your family and you just go, God, I want my family healed. I want my children saved. I want my grandkids or whatever, you know, my my, my spouse, whatever it may be. But I would encourage you to dig deeper than just the single object of your prayer and say, God, there's a greater why behind all this. See, when when Philip goes down to Samaria under persecution and continues to enact 
the purpose of God in his life, has a revival in Samaria. And then the Lord says, go down by the road that leads to Gaza. And he obediently leaves the crowd and goes to a deserted place, waits a while. And then along comes one chariot with one man. And, he, and, the, and the Spirit of the Lord says, go join yourself to that charity. Gets up there and here's this guy miraculously reading out of the very chapter in Isaiah that talks about the crucified Christ. Isaiah 53, he reads that out. He says, who is this? And so Philip begins to share the gospel and an entire nation of Ethiopia hears the gospel because one man had allowed the why to seize him regardless of every obstacle that faced his life. Can I get an amen this morning? Can I hear you from your heart today say, God, I'm encountering divine purpose no matter what it looks like business person here. Are you just making money in order for all that money can bring? Or do you see a divine purpose behind what you do? Do you feel like, God, I'm in this? When you care for people as a, as a lay leader in this church, do you just go, well, I'm caring for them because they need it? Or can you see that there's a divine purpose and that somewhere along the way that person's going to have an impact and they'll look back and say, thank God for you. Thank God for that prayer you prayed. Thank God for that uh, that moment of encouragement, that phone call you gave. I'm not trying to dumb it down to cliches. I believe in those things. I believe in small moments that turn the mighty doors of history and that make people go from just someone who's existing to someone who helps to change the world in which they live. I know that Jesus in John 18 verse 37 said to Pilate, he says this, he said, for this cause came I into the world. For this cause, listen to me, there's a reason you're on the planet. There's a reason why you exist. You're not here to simply make up the numbers. You're not here to simply become a part of the crowd. You may look like you blend in. You may think no one knows who you are, but God knows who you are and He chose you like He chose David and engineered things so that David got to the place where a mighty battle came his way. Maybe you've got a battle right now. Here's the third thing I'd say to you. Don't waver in your declaration of faith. If you've begun in faith, continue in faith. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. David asked the soldier standing by, why will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? If you go on from that to verse 36, I've done this to lions and bears, I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. He's defied the armies of the living God. We go on from that to verse 45, and now he's in front of the giant, and now's the time for, do you believe it or don't you? Now's the time for having begun in faith is my next step of faith step. Having started in faith, am I continuing to believe? Having begun this journey, come on. I don't know who you are, but somebody here is thinking of giving up on your dream because now you've hit obstacles. Now you've hit impossibilities. Now there's a giant standing in front of you. And this guy starts there and this is what he says to the Philistine. You come to me with sword, spear and javelin. I come to you today in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord is going to conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head and I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. 
And the whole world's going to know that there is a God in Israel. And I think about that and I think about the importance of this church and every church. I think about every church that meets and I pray God will never meet and just go, well, that was another good Sunday. I pray we'll never meet and just say, well, that was nice worship. I pray we'll never meet and say, well, thank God I got to give my offering today and I hope that helps. I pray, God, that every time we gather together, every single one of us will carry a sense that everything about our life is declaring that there is a God who rules over all. Amen. Regardless of the audience, he declared what he believed. There are no room for maybes. There is no room for, well, let's see. If you're going to go to battle, go to win. Amen. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10. Here's the fourth thing. Every battle is the Lord's. He declares it so in verse 47. This is the Lord's battle. Are you saying that about your, listen to me. Are you saying that about your battle today? God, this is not about what he said, she said, they did, they didn't do. This is not about what the bank said. This is not about any other thing. This is not about what the doctors are uh, are trying to do and thank God for them. But God, this is your battle. God, this is your battle. I believe somewhere along the way, you've got to step back and say, this is the Lord's battle. I'm in it. I didn't choose it. Or maybe you did. But it's your battle, Lord. He hasn't got a word from God. There's no angel come to him. And I believe this is where many battles get lost because people aren't sure whether God will help. They feel like unless somehow or other they tiptoe along the razor blade of the perfect will of God, that somehow or other God will take His hand off them. But if that were so, you would not be here and neither would I. I thank God for the mighty grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God that Hebrews 4 says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Isn't it interesting? First thing he says you're going to get when you go there is mercy. And who does not need mercy for their life? Who doesn't need a God who says, I'll look past your frailty. I'll look past your weakness. I'll look past your sin. I'll look past your misdeeds. I'll look past all that. You're going to get mercy from me. I'll give you mercy. And then on top of that, I'll give you grace to help, it says, in time of need. Thank God we have an altar that's not made with hands, that's eternal in the heavenlies. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross. It says He entered the heavens, not without blood. And there He sprinkled the mercy seat of God, declaring once and for all that there is mercy for every human being on the planet Earth, that God's got mercy for everyone that'll come and stand before Him and say, God, I don't deserve it, but I'm coming. I'm coming. Every battle is the Lord's. Don't worry about the signs because Mark 16 verse 17 says, these signs will follow them that believe. Not these signs will lead them that believe. Signs follow us, we don't follow them. You may have a sign and you might not have a sign. Keep going. Here's number five. Here's the one where we bring it down to earth because verse 48 says this, that David ran to meet the Philistine. You've got to ask yourself why. 
He's going to hurl a stone. I don't know how far he could throw it, but a long way. I believe that he went there because in his mind is, I want to know how high you are. I want to know the enemy that I'm fighting. Too many Christians think that faith discounts reality. That somehow or other, it doesn't matter what the doctor said. Of course it does. It doesn't matter what the economy looks like. Of course it does. I don't know about you, but I want to know where I'm aiming because if it turns out that Goliath is actually only five foot tall and I aim at nine, (laughs) right over his head, amen, right over his head. I don't find that negatives are the end of my faith. They help me because I know what I'm aiming for, amen. I want to know what I'm praying for. I want to know what devil it is that's standing against the work of God so that I can aim against it. That doesn't mean I've got to have every detail of it. I just want to go, oh, that's how big you are. That's how big you are, all good. Now I know where I'm aiming, amen. And so maybe right now there's somebody that's holding back what God wants in your life. But faith is never denial or pretending. Here's number six. God has already equipped you for your battles. He's already equipped you. Everyone looks at this kid and goes, you don't have enough. You don't know enough. So we need to help you. And so they, Saul offers him his army, his armor. Now, according to the scriptures, Saul was ahead above everybody else in Israel. So if he's that much taller, We don't know how big David was, but he's obviously that much taller than David. His his armour on David must look pretty stupid. Sometimes we feel like if only I had that person's ability. If only I had that person's grace. But you can't focus on what you don't have and you can't do. You go with your strengths even if no one else thinks it's a strength. Here's number seven. You don't win battles by opinions. You win them by convictions. Oh, come on. Hang it with me here a minute. Because some of you here are surrounded by so many opinions. They've told you that your son or your daughter's got this, they've got that, they've got this, they've got that. It's probably this or it goes back to that. It's probably that. And after all, after that, and you've heard all these opinions. David had opinions from his brothers. He had opinions from the king. He had opinions from the, from the giant. But in the end of the day, it didn't matter what someone's opinion of David was. What mattered was the conviction that David had in his heart. And I've learned to go back and say, God, what do I believe? What do I believe about this? And then I begin to declare what I believe. I don't declare, well, God, it's all taken care of. I don't know if it is, but God, this is what I believe. There are things right now that I'm looking at and I'm saying, God, I believe that you'll give us a miracle. And I don't know what what that miracle looks like or how it'll come to pass, but God, I believe you'll give us a miracle. And I just keep declaring that you'll give us a miracle. Amen, because I know that opinions, well, they come and they go. Number eight, most of your battles will carry the air of impossible. Isn't that true? Most of your battles are going to look like, you know, you've always been like this. You've been like this ever since you were a kid. Oh, you're never going to change. That's the air of impossible. Well, they've said, you know, that after all, this many businesses in this time are and it'll carry the air of impossible. Well, he had a lion that looked impossible. After all, you're a little shepherd boy 
And a lion comes out and I know what I would have done. I would have said, how many sheep can one lion eat? <laughs> you know, hello, sorry, Dad, a lion came and after all, it was hungry. What do you want? And I think that Jesse would have said, sorry about that, son. It looked impossible when the bear comes. That certainly looked impossible. So when Goliath turns up, David goes, I'm used to impossible. So what? So what some of us today need to look at our battle and say, I have beaten things before. So what? I have had battles and I've got victories. You want the scars? I've got the scars to prove it. So what? Amen. Because if you're a believer, everybody here has had battles. Amen. And you've won. Come on, you've won. You've won the battles. And the enemy wants to go, but yeah, but that wasn't this one. Forget it. Look, it was impossible then. It was impossible. It was impossible. That was an amen from Ishiyama, Anashi, Eva, Egwulugo. God bless you, Dr. Ruby, and your beautiful new baby. Most of your battles will carry the air of impossible. Here's the last one, number nine. Team can come. Your battles can inspire others in theirs. Listen to me today. Your battle's not just about you. Come on, listen to me. Because some of you here, you haven't got the why yet. You're going, oh, well, that'd be nice and oh, that'd be good and I wish. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 52. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. They went beyond Goliath's hometown. It says the bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sharim as far as Gath and Ekron. Verse 24, these same men fled from one man. Now, all of a sudden, these same people, inspired by somebody else's battle and the victory they won, all of a sudden, these guys go, you know what? If he did, so can I. Amen. If she did, so can I. If they won, I can win. Oh, listen, you'll look at all the people go before you who failed because of fear, who quit because it was too hard, who stopped because of a flaw in their life. You'll see all of those people and you'll say, oh God, how do I know I'm going to make it? But you look back to the victories that you've won before and say, God, the God who helped me before is the God who's going to help me again in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, help us today. God, every one of us faces a battle of some kind or other in our life. And Lord, I know some of these battles are so big. Goliath looks like he's more than nine foot tall. He looks 20 foot tall and like he's got 17 relatives. And yet, God, if you would empower this young boy who had nothing more than willingness to go to war, I'm sure, Lord, you're going to help each one of us in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that the battles that the people listening to me right now will win. 
will become a great inspiration to somebody else. I was gonna quit. I almost gave up, but then I saw what you did and I kept pressing on. I kept pressing in. I kept pressing through until I got to where God had, where He wanted me to get. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Come on team, come. I want just to sing. Stay seated a minute. Your Name is Power. Your Name is Healing. Your Name is Life. And I want you right where you are right now, right where you are. I want you just to say, Jesus, i got a battle. i got a battle going on, Lord. And it looks big and it's scary and everybody's afraid, but Lord, would you help me? I don't have all the strengths that somebody else has got, but I'll go with what I have got. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Because your name is power. building, maybe you're online and home somewhere other else. Come on, if you're facing a battle, why don't you stand with me and let the team sing it over us. Your name is power. Come on. If that's you, just stand to your feet wherever you are. Your name is power. Oh, your, your name, name is healing. Your name is power. Break every stronghold. that today. Come on, let's believe He's going to do that in Jesus' name. Father, we stand in faith. We don't stand hoping, God. We stand believing in the mighty name of Jesus for Your name. Come on. Oh, God. Thank You for the victory, Lord. Thank You for the victory, Lord. Thank You for the victory, oh God. Thank You, Lord. Come on. Oh, it looks impossible. It looks impossible. It looks impossible. Thank God. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Shout Jesus from 
Father, thank you for every battle we fight. Oh God, thank you, Lord, for the victory that the name of Jesus gives us. Not because we're good, not because we're skilled, not because we're experienced, but because of your great name. We thank you for that, Lord. Just while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, some of you here in this building today, some of you online will say to me, Jeff, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Some of you will say to me, Jeff, I used to follow Jesus and I lost my way. Just while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, today you're going to say to Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm going to say yes to you again. I'm going to say yes to you for the first time. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The name of Jesus gives us a certain hope of our eternity. The name of Jesus. If that's you this morning, just where you are while people are praying and you say, Jeff, would you pray with me right now? I want to follow Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? And I'm going to pray for you wherever you are in the building. I'll just look across quickly. Thank you back there. God bless you up in the balcony as well. Wherever you may be, you can put your hand up, put it back down again. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm here to help you. Thank you back there. I see your hand. Yeah. Anybody else just wherever you are, I'm not missing out the balcony. I'm looking right across. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray with me this prayer just right where you are. It's a simple prayer that says, Jesus, I'm ready to follow you. If you're online, you can do it just as powerfully. You can say yes to Jesus. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Oh, I need you. Come into my life and save me and forgive me and cleanse me and help me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Father, for those people who've lifted their hand, those people who are on the line, Father, those that will bring their yes this week, Father, thank you for salvation, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give those people a big hand. Just say thank God for you. You can be seated a minute. If you raised your hand or if you didn't, maybe you're online. We developed this thing called Yes Text. Long before COVID, we felt like we wanted to be able to reach people who wanted to say a profound and sincere yes to Christ but maybe couldn't be in the building or maybe for whatever reason just could do it at a later time. And so we started this thing whereby you send us your yes and then we start helping you become a disciple, a follower of Jesus. So we give you a Bible verse every day and a prayer every day. Not one just that we're praying for you, but one for you to pray. So you get it in your phone and you read that prayer out loud and it teaches you how to pray. And you get a different one of those every day for 30 days. And there's no cost, and there's no strings attached. And we don't even ask you your name. We're not trying to do anything apart from help you. You can ask questions. The team that look after that will answer your questions if you have them. The only time other than we contact you is when there's a water baptism. Because I know many of you will go, I'm ready for the next step. I'm ready to follow Jesus in that. 
If you'd like to send us your yes, send it YES to 0488-826-392. If you're outside of Australia or instead of getting it as a message on your phone, you'd like an email. Still the same brevity. It's not going to be long. You send it to yes.metrochurch.org.au and either way, we will send you that help and our team will immediately start praying for you. That would be just wonderful. Can we give those people another big hand? Send you yes in Jesus' name. Amen. While we're applauding, can I just applaud this church for being one of the greatest, most generous churches that's ever been started by the Holy Spirit and the whole of planet Earth. Lord have mercy. I do not know how God ever, by His mighty grace, just did such a work that in this church, money is not something we're frightened of, but it's something we're excited about what it can do in the lives of other people. And so thank God for you. And we're going to pray over your giving this morning. I know for almost all of us, it's online. There's still cash opportunities if you want to give that way, or you can go to the Connect Hub. But I always like to pray over your giving. You know, it's a seed. We want it to produce a harvest. So Father, we thank You for every opportunity to be a blessing. Thank You for what You've given us, some of which is just for us to bless us and for us to enjoy. Some of it, Lord, is for us to sow so that others can be blessed. Thank You for every giver today. In Jesus' Name, let it be returned many times over into their life and their family and their business. In Jesus' Name, Amen.